Discologist is brought to you in part by Osiris Media. If you love live music, if you love music in general, and I know you do because you're listening to this right here, head on over to OsirisPod.com and find all the great shows up there uh, like Freak Flag Flying with David Crosby, uh, Dead to Me, uh, our sister podcast hosted by Casey Ray, Broke Down Pod hosted by our friend Jonathan Hart. Find all that and more at OsirisPod.com, who are partnered with Jambase. To bring you not just podcasts and videos, but live events as well. Osiris Media, killing it on the regular. Now let's get on with the show. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Welcome, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Live-ish from the tiny shack just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the lovely community of Bayview, where it is. It might be cold outside, it might be snowy outside, but it is always warm in our hearts here. And actually, you know, this, we're coming up on a year being up here in the Upper Midwest, and people said these winters are hard. Uh, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. We're gonna get a little more snow tonight, and uh, you go out and yeah, you put on your favorite album and your earbuds, and and you take a look. Out across Lake Michigan as the snow falls, and, uh, and maybe that's me, but you guys come visit and see how it is. At any, at any rate, uh, we have a great little show for you today. Going to be talking about uh, a classic band, a legendary band, and you shall know us by the Trail of Dead. This is a band that actually falls squarely into my 90s hole of lack of exposure. Not for lack of trying. They were all over the radio, I think, and they certainly had friends, certainly had friends that listened to them. They just... I missed them, and uh, I missed them. But uh, luckily for you, Mr. P.J. Sykes did not miss them, and he is what I believe you might call a fan, maybe a super fan. Super fan, for sure. Super fan, for sure. Okay, P.J., here, here's what we need to talk about here. I am not familiar with this band, much like I'm not familiar with a lot of 90s bands. So anytime like I bring something like this up and you were like, fuck yeah, I'm like, what did I miss? <laughs> like we were living in Richmond at the same time, so we should have like known I should have been aware of this. And I think in many ways I was. But this is this band is kind of legendary, right? They started around nineteen ninety four, uh, made up of essentially two people, Conrad Keeley and Jason Reese. Right. Uh, there's been a really interchanging squad around this band, but they're they're the two guys that are responsible for most of it. Um th- in the 90s, they, they sort of made a name for themselves, which culminated, I think it was like in 2002, which was... Uh, source Tags and Codes. Yeah, Source Tags and Codes. So Source Tags and Codes, and that, and that was, uh, at the time, it, it, many considered that to be their finest hour. And if I'm correct here, they sort of faded away after that a little bit? No, so it's kind of weird. They had two independent records, the first album... And then they made a second record without without a label, and it landed on Merge Records. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they, and that's about when we heard about them twenty years ago, nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. 
or more than 20 years ago now. Jeez. Okay. Um, getting old. Uh, <laughs> so a friend of ours was like, you got to check out this band. They're just, and, and so they were at that point, they were known for just like destroying stuff. Like their pictures on the back of the CDs and stuff were just like wreckage on the stage. Like everything yeah, was yeah. destroyed. Yeah. Uh, like, whoa, what is this? And it sounds cool and it looks cool. And then they signed to a major and they released Swords, Tags, and Codes. And at the time, I worked at a record store in 2001, 2002, and they would just throw lots and lots of promos at these at, at record stores. Like we, I think we had 20 free LPs. Like they they made this a, as an LP because you couldn't download it and give yeah. it away. Right. So they would send a tape or an LP at the time. They sent like 20 free LPs. Now they go for like hundreds of dollars because nobody, you know, they were promos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they didn't press it on LP otherwise. So we just we were like handing them out to people like you got to hear this band we already knew about them we were just you got to hear this band. Uh, the same time at the drive-in was another band that was yes. blowing up, and so this is the around the same time as that. Uh, they also had like hundreds of free CD promos of that. Uh, so they this blew up this this record blew up, and I think it was one of the Pitchfork they got ten a ten point oh on Pitchfork, which was really rare at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they even do that anymore. Uh, if anybody they gets do it occasionally. They actually they also just got I think redone for the uh, for quarterly or something mm-hmm. uh, where they revisited it and stuff. And it's funny you you mentioned uh, uh, at the drive-in like this was a time I think would would you not agree that of uh, like punk adjacent stuff. It wasn't well, quite yeah. It was punk, like emo. It, it 90s was a little emo. emo I, I, I can't talk about emo. But, to, like, they were like oh punk's back because of at the drive-in and this band and they were like okay. This is the second coming of Nirvana punk. They were just like making these bands like bigger right. than life, right? Uh, and and of course it just didn't uh, happen because other things like boy bands and Britney Spears and things were still happening. You know, like it was just it was yeah. a weird time. It was like two thousand one uh, d- digital. Everyone was getting iPods, uh, and so things were just rapidly rapidly changing when these bands were exploding. Um, but so following up that record, they did another major label record, which people just kind of were like, "What?" And so they basically they were like. It, they kind of like a sonic youth punk band or something. And then they made yeah. this other record that was like bigger than that, like two drum sets and like there's a choir and like, you know, it, 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 it yeah. still sounded like this, but just cleaner well, and bigger. And the people didn't also like indicative it. of the times is that like, they were like, people weren't satisfied with punk. And they, the label you're talking about is Interscope. Interscope. And, and they put out and, rad things at the time. They did. But like, also when you get at that level, people are, are, are like, man, can we have like, a barn full of cows playing a chorus. Yes, yes like, you can. You know, just weird shit in there, and and just really experimental, but not in a. Um, nobody had cows, by the way, that I know of. But but not in a. Uh, there was some some way these labels sanitized it yeah. in my mind a little bit. Well, Interscope had all the cool, like they had all the cool hip hop and all the weirder metal yeah. bands. Yeah, and then these sure. bands and stuff like that were all on Interscope. Well, Worlds Apart was two thousand five, and right. that charted at eighty eight. And then, it did okay, but and so critically divided, it wasn't in two thousand six went to one hundred eighty eight. Yeah. So you know, and and at that time, like this is uh, there's all this other, like you said, all this other new music coming coming out. I think uh, like LCD sound system was coming out around mm-hmm. then, uh, and and the world is shifting a little bit. So, but I think the point we're trying to make here is that these guys have been around, and yeah. these guys these guys are some serious like. Uh, uh, almost a staple of rock and roll of that area era. If you're going to reach back for a band from that time, invariably in that bucket, one of the bands is going to be them. I think so. You know, it's definitely the early two thousands. I think 
uh, punk side of that, or or D- yeah. like even though that Social Tags and Codes is an Interscope record, it it very much feels like an independent record. It feels like a big, like cool and underground record. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. Worlds Apart and So Divided, the two after that feel like almost bloated Interscope money records. Yep. Um, and and people can those, and then from there they started doing like weird prog stuff for <laughs> yeah. a while and people were just like nope this is not what we want so there's that whole era and okay. now we're into this new era where the last couple of records are, are kind of in between and i think this new record is uh sort of cycling back because they've been doing these it's been so long they've been doing reissues of the first few records and doing those tours doing mm-hmm. those albums and i think this record uh is in, is sort of like okay we've learned all this stuff we've done all these different things and now we're kind of cycling back some of that old because they've been playing that material they've been cycling that stuff that that some of those things that have been not there maybe in in the last few records are kind yep. of filling they've mixed that prog era stuff in with the more early stuff well this this certainly has some prog moments on it but one thing that, that really stands out about this out this album this uh x or 10 uh the godless void and other stories is uh there's a pop aspect into it yeah. which we're gonna which we're yeah. gonna talk about mm-hmm. i, I want to play the first single now because this is where you really hear it the most uh it has a, a fantastic video uh that is rotoscoped like waking life or the new series undone if you've seen that oh yeah yeah uh but uh it, but this song is actually if you had you know i'm just gonna play it and then we'll, and we'll talk about it <laughs> and then you can tell me about the album Don't look down uh, from the Goddess Void and other stories. If you are a fan of uh, Trailer Dead, I think you're going to like that, and, and we're going to get see if you like that, PJ, in a second. But I also think uh, if you're a fan of bands around that time, like the Gin Blossoms, uh, or, or just whatever college rock was going on at that time. But we're, we're going to talk more about that. But before we get to that, PJ, I want to know, like, as a longtime fan, like, what is this album doing for you? I, I, I don't, honestly, as a longtime fan... I I like all of their records, um, but I do feel like the last few are probably the weakest records of of all of the ten records that have come out. This one is a little better than the last few records, and it's funny every time they come out with a new record, somebody goes, "They finally sound like Source Tags and Coats again." It doesn't sound like Source Tags. They're not tags the only band that happens to either. Every record, and uh, it's always somebody different, and it's funny to me, but. Um, but honestly, this record does have a touch of the older stuff. Just for what I mentioned earlier, they've been playing that material, and I think it's a nice, healthy. It's it, this is a good jumping back in point. I think if you've missed yeah. out on the last few records, jump in on this record first. 
uh, get a feel for where they where where they've been the last decade or so, uh, and then you can kind of go back into those records if you've missed them. So it's a good it's a good starting point again if if you if you've missed out on that stuff. Have you have you been missing them? I haven't. <laughs> no, you're you're all you've been. You've been I mean, this up? is the longest break they've had. Uh, yeah. But he did put a solo record out, and they've had some other projects and stuff. So. So was was the pop in this, um, and, and like coming to this for me was uh, really just a blank slate. I had no idea what to expect. Was the pop in this yeah. surprising to you? No, no. Um, they, they've always had that. I think they've always tried to put melodic melodies yeah. uh, and harmonies and things on things that sound kind of like Sonic Youth, you know, or or something like that, like Noisy Fugazi or something, you know those kind of guitars and, and those kind of feels but they but they also especially conrad lived in thailand for the last few years mm-hmm. and he loves world music that's one of the things about trail of dead they they love the culture of the world they like exploring different cultures and sounds and art and and they always bring that and put it back into that dirty american underground sound so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there's more of that on this record the harmonies and stuff it's an interesting point he actually lives in cambodia uh, cambodia i'm sorry but yeah yeah but uh it's an interesting point because i do know that about them but uh one thing when i hear music like this and one thing uh, about like the music of that time of the 90s which they're definitely still plugged into is like i don't hear those influences coming into this no um and, no. and, and they're there, not influenced this... by that anymore necessarily it's just part of their sound well, it's, I, I think for him, uh, he, there was a quote on here uh, talking about, uh, and actually this was actually um, Jason Reese, mm-hmm. where he's saying uh, the album is definitely about the ideas of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Conrad agreed in talking about like he had to leave this place that he loved for whatever reason right. and coming back and writing Come about that and more existential stuff. When you get – it is worth noting that Keeley – Conrad Keeley is also writing a science fiction novel, mm-hmm. a fantasy called Strange News from Another Planet. Right. When you get to music like this, uh, and this is something that is only – you can only see really in the long view, I think. It's 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 awesome, first of all, but it's, it's kind of hilarious how um, emotions about stuff are buried under this like – Sort of sci-fi, uh, fantasy world, uh, and this is exclusively yeah. No, dudes. I think like, they use that like, kind of. They they do that that imagery and stuff, but talking about all this stuff, like Mastodon is another one that's famous for this. Sure, right. Um, you, you know these weird concept albums, but it's not something you often see uh, women doing, for example, mm. uh, in music at least, uh, not too often. But it's, this seems to be even. I'm sure there's examples the, I can't think of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure there are. I, I don't want to. Joanna Newsom or something, maybe. Like that. Um. Well, not, more the sci-fi, like uh, get in the van type of bullshit. Yeah. The, 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 this is. I mean, this feels a little bit like Austin, Texas. Yeah. This feels like a Linklater movie. Uh, and and to be fair, I think all their music does. But they also, um, you know, you go through some of these song titles. You know, or the name of the album, "Into the Godless Void," uh, "The Blade of Wind," <laughs> "Through the Sunlit Door," and you know, this is like. This is deeply nerdy stuff. That, it's very uh, nerdy, yeah. That it, it becomes a little difficult for people on the outside to necessarily take it too seriously. Well, I will tell you this, too. As a big fan, there's an ongoing story between all these songs and, and the last few albums. There's, there's like, story and comic in a lot of – there's, like, a oh, packet wow. of stuff. 
I, I'm not a huge fan of that stuff per se as a fan okay. of the band. I, I'm more of an overall how how the music is and, and that they're making this cool art uh, with it and all that stuff. But I haven't actually delved into that world that um, Conrad has built as much. But I know it's playing in some of those themes are crossing across albums and they're referencing actually they're referencing a few like they're so divided I think has a song that it's uh, actually in one of the songs in this record yeah uh, which is their their most panned record uh, there's a section where they go into the song from that record and come back out of it um, so I think there's more going on in that and it's gonna tie into his into his books it's gonna be the same world of, of, of stuff right. uh, but as a fan, I, I, I don't really engage with that stuff as much as maybe other fans are. So I don't think, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is if, if you like it, you don't necessarily need to, to go into that too much and you can still very much enjoy this band or you could go into that. It's a bonus. You yeah. Know? It's about, it's a bonus. It's how you want to experience it. So, so what is the song of this album that is most speaking to you? Um, into the godless void is a Jason song that I really like. Uh, Jason and Conrad split duties uh-huh. of singing and and um, but the one that I think uh, I like to play is Who Haunts the Haunter, okay. uh, which has a little bit of a shoegazy guitar, which is unusual in their music. But the rest of it sounds a little bit more like a mixture of their more newer records and some of that older influence from what they've been playing on tour. Nice. Well, let's check out a little Who Haunts the Haunter. epic dude that, that is that is epic um it is it's not quite middle earth but it is it is at the like i and i've said this about a lot of music that you and i have talked about that uh it is seems like the end credits of a film that i badly want to see right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah um and, that, and that's one of the things that i love about this record uh i i'm not prepared to go full on as like i love this band because I, I really am getting to know this band i went back and listened to some of the early stuff and like i was saying that there's this whole area of the 90s where stuff um i, I just basically kind of missed it which i don't understand how i think me and you and a lot of other people are listening to the same radio and stuff but like what's fascinating is that this stuff even got on the radio uh, yeah. back then and, and yeah. what was going on then but i think a, a result of that was a lot of this stuff uh, in thinking about this today, I realized a lot of this stuff, there's a homogenous sound to it. Yeah. Like if you, if you told me to pick trail of dead out of a lineup, I couldn't do it. 
but uh, and I don't want to offend their fans at all. But 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 I I could like lay out a bunch of bands and you'd be like, uh, what? But but it also is pulling uh, a little on the this especially at least because uh, early on there is a lot more punk in this. But this mixing of prog and punk and fantasy and everything in here, uh, there there is a lot of the excess of metal bands. Yeah, like coming sure. out of coming out of the eighties and nineties. I'm thinking like Queensrÿche, not necessarily maybe Operation Mind Crime, but more Empire, which had that ridiculous hit Silent Lucidity on it. And I say ridiculous, and then it was it was fucking awesome. But they, you know, it, it it's touching on this this type of music that I I also don't know where this sits today in 2020 like yeah i think i hear i know i hear younger musicians are doing like i guess it seems like they're kind of going back to this they're they're they're, there's so much just bullshit going on that they are trying to escape into art again and they're making stuff that doesn't have to deal with reality necessarily even though even though it really does like you're saying so you know you're talking about something fantasy, but really it's about you know leaving home or something. You personally, well, yeah, yeah, but for um, sure. but I think I think I hear that more in in, in music that uh, of people who are younger right now uh, than I, than I had in the last maybe five or ten years. Um, and I think yeah. that's just escapism of what of 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 the shit that's been going on for so long that they've grown up in. You know. Well, I wonder if it's also like time people are starting to reevaluate. You know. If you go over to Europe, uh, not the band, but the, uh, <laughs> the place, um, you know, they're famous, and we've talked about this, how they will celebrate a band's entire career. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't look, dump them. And actually, that occurs here in Milwaukee at Summerfest. Loverboy plays here every year. Every year they sell it out. That's amazing. Um, and um, Is it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, look, people are really working for the weekend here in Milwaukee, but uh, but I, I celebrate that idea. Yeah, but uh, but you know, it, it's something that that somewhere got lost in all the pitchforkization of everything, and how you identify like music is your identity and all that stuff, and and it get lo- gets lost, and you can't just like something like that, or you right. have to like it ironically instead of it just being good. Like I hear in this and a lot of the music coming up this year. Uh, uh, a good bit of like Stone Temple Pilots and the poppy, more poppy stuff on this, yeah. which they might punch me in the mouth for saying that. Uh, but, you know, Stone Temple Pilots made some great songs and some great albums. I hear Queen in this DNA. Um, and this is outside of like all the punk stuff. And like I mentioned, the Gin Blossoms, I, I there's hooks. Yeah. There's actual like hooks in here. And it was, it, it, that was a thing that, that, the 80s were known for the experimentation, but also the the just the concentration of hooks in all the songs. Yeah, you couldn't like get that, on the radio without a hook. Yeah, you, you could could. do whatever else you wanted, but it had to have a hook. And just contrary yeah. to popular belief, there was a bleed over of that into the 90s because all those kids grew up on the 80s music. Right. Yeah. I mean, more, look, yeah, the more popular like Teen Spirit stuff, yeah. has a fucking hook. Yeah. Well, the drums are even a fucking hook. Yeah. The drums, I mean, that, the whole band was a hook. And and so it's not surprising like to see this as much as people often identify with this stuff, as like I would have imagined back in the day they were like, oh this is punk as fuck and you and you stick with that, right? Yeah. And and but in hindsight it's like listening to hair metal. You listen to it now it's like, ah oh, this isn't so edgy. It's good though, and, and and I think that's what people need to like start thinking more about. Like, do you like it out of context of what you think it means? What 
If you yeah, play, if I, I play it for you, are you gonna be like make fun of me because sure. you're like you're not punk, you like the dead. Like, I'll say yeah. I'll say it. I think I've said this on this podcast before. If you like something, fucking like something, man. Yes. I love this band. I don't fucking care if if you don't. Like yes. I I've loved this band forever. I've like I I I dig all the stuff that they've been doing. I don't think there's a bad record. I don't think there's, you know, I think they've made some better records than others. There's there's ones that I'm always gonna cherish over the others, but, um, but it's not gonna change it. And like, to me, like, like the pitchfork number thing. It's like a friend of mine's record got reviewed five point nine, and and <laughs> she was like, oh, they still hate me. That's cool. And so I looked it up. I was like. Well, the color shape reissue ten year anniversary, which by then everybody re- recognizes the color shape as the the best Foo Fighters record, mm-hmm. got a five point eight, and she got a five point nine. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there you go. Who the fuck cares? Like, yeah. everyone celebrates this record, and they got a five point eight on Pitchfork ten years yeah. after, and everyone knows it's the best one according to the critics, and they still who cares? Who fucking cares? Color shape got ten point oh. This record will probably get a four. Who cares? Yeah, I mean it's it it it's so arbitrary, and that's not to say that like uh, all music appreciation and everything is subjective. It's just so arbitrary of, of how we look at things now, um, and that and that's why like there is like uh, uh, there's a few moments I really love on this album. Uh, I do love like the, just the opening track. Uh, yeah, you know, that's it's, that's it's, a it's trail dead like this, thing on a lot of the records. The, yeah, it's a just track this nice like little that. It gets built. To, yeah, it gets you yeah. in there. Yeah, it gets you in there. But this track children of the sky mm-hmm. uh, i like that it, it just yeah. there's a there's a point i'm just gonna let you hear it and you'll know what i'm talking about but this is uh you know just pop in your eight track man and, and get going on children of the sky We're off on a space odyssey, man. That is fucking that, you know. And and, and the way it explodes mm-hmm. into just this, uh, so good. And I don't care who made it. That's I'm, I'm glad that they made it, but I don't like. This is what I'm talking about. You can just put that in front of me. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, let's yeah, let's rock and roll. Get it. I'm with it. 
that big swell part is very it's it's very much the first three records mm-hmm. that's what that stuff sounds like more or yeah. less um so I, as a fan of the band for 20 plus years i've got quite, quite a few stories over the years and uh which one do you want me to tell whatever whatever one you want to tell uh, all right well you you, you want to shame me with the dead one okay well since you're yeah this is a dead podcast adjacent yeah, I was at a yard sale once, and uh, in, in Richmond, and I and I walked up to the the yard sale. There's t-shirts and cups and whatever out there, and I saw a trail of dead shirt. It was the same shirt I had. It said annual notice by the trail of dead. Trail of dead's mm-hmm. bigger, you know, just like on their covers and stuff. Uh, but it was on black shirt with white, and I had the red version for some reason. Uh, so I said, "Hey, how much is this shirt?" And I held it up, and the lady's like, "Oh, like fifty dollars." I was like, fifty dollars? This is a yard sale? She's <laughs> like, yeah, the Grateful Dead, man. It's a, it's a, art, oh, you know. Man, I, see where this I was like, this is Trail of Dead. They're like a punk band. She's like, oh, uh, I don't know, twenty five cents. God damn it, man! <laughs> Come like, on. Come it was on. like fifty dollars or something <laughs> really, really valuable <sighs> down to like I don't know. Uh, so, well, anyway, for you Dead story, fans. DJ. Um, Stupid no, yard sale. No, but you, I mean, you, you, you do uh, have a lot of stories with them. You, you, you shot them, what do you say, Rock and Roll Hotel? Uh, Cat's you, Cradle, you know, yeah. Because for people that don't know, you, I mean, you used to shoot rock, sh- rock shows all the time. All the time. That yeah. is your thing. You go to what, PJ, is it PJ Sykes Photos? PJSykes.com. PJSykes.com. S-Y-K-E-S. Um, yeah, you'll see all that. Uh, do you have any of Trail of Dead up there? I think so. I used to. Uh, the other story was at the Rock and Roll Hotel. I they had two drummers at the time, and they were facing each other on stage. And that that stage is relatively small, especially for two drum sets and three dudes standing up playing guitar yeah. and stuff. Um, and I had followed them for a couple nights, and they let me do the sound check and hang out and that sort of thing. So I was very comfortable around them, and they were comfortable with me. And the manager was fine. Uh, and so I, I had a little more privilege to to do things that I normally don't get to do. So I kind of crawled up on stage behind the drum sets facing the audience so my view of the, the photo would be two drum sets and then guitars and then in front of behind that would be people looking towards yep. the camera like mm-hmm. instead of the other way around and i saw a laser pointer in my eye from the side of the stage and i was like what the fuck and as the manager like waving at me like get off stage and i'm like oh man i'm a mm-hmm. fucking dick <laughs> uh, and i got off the stage he's like i just wanted you to be safe uh and then two seconds later, the the monitor for the drums and on top of that was strapped like a bass amp, fell down into where I was crouched, Jeez. took out a cymbal and all this other stuff. So they really didn't fucking care if I was doing that or not. They actually thought it was cool, but right. safety. <laughs> so it's wild that they could cram a band like this into that. You know, yeah, yeah, especially at the drummers. time. And also two drummers, Grateful Dead Man. All, all Grateful I'm all the time. But but, they're, uh, they're, but you know, they just have one drums, one drummer now. They don't have. The I think they switch sets. it up. Did they have two I, drums? I, yeah, well, I, I think they're they're back to the old days, and and, yes. and the two guys switch up on drums. And they do, so they can go and and that yes, is, uh, and, and you know that makes this a very uh, for me uh, one of the more interesting projects. I think of 2020 a, a band that has always kind of be, been there but now is um like i don't think it's just us that is more concerned uh with enjoying the shit you enjoy yeah right i i think that's what we're coming to as a people uh is is realizing that that is uh one of the one of the few ways we're going to survive right if everything is divisive, why the fuck are we mad? Like, like we have a very limited some... time here, and you fucking better enjoy it. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, because, like, take time away from fighting and doing things that are necessary, uh, foraging for food and shelter right. and fighting, you know, endless whatever. Come back and listen to some fucking Trail of Dead or whatever you yeah. enjoy. Drink some beer, whatever it is. Yeah. Enjoy yourself a little bit, you know? Yeah, because because we're both, I mean, it, it considers both uh, more open-minded about music. But even in that, we're both dogmatic as shit sometimes. Yeah, and it, yeah. and it's like and and it really is an exercise that I, that I am uh, uh, urge everybody to try is just sometimes just put on the fucking album, man. Yeah, just like it doesn't matter what it is. That's why one of the first episode, well, the first episode we did of this season was Sonny Stitt, a bad jazz album, <laughs> a great jazz album. But but you know if you, if you just put it on and and I think what you can find in in music. Especially music like this, it is more, uh, it's more textured. It's it's more ambitious in its scope. Uh, it, it, inside a five minute song, you're gonna get told a story musically, right? Not not just that that you can. If you engage with it, you can go places, right? And, and that's this is going... a band definitely begging for somebody to take a chance and and, and take spend some time with. You know, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of reward in this catalog. Well, what I was what I was gonna say, and that going places is worth something, right? Like when you get back from that little journey, right? You feel good, right? That's why we listen to music, right? And if you've never heard of this band, you have ten records, so that's a lot. Right. That's <laughs> a lot of journeys. So, <laughs> you've if, seen all if, the fucking Star Wars movies now. Go <laughs> ten records, Trail of Dead, get started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If 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 you put on Children of the Sky and it's just like that is my jam. Yeah, like you said, you have ten records to do. So there is nothing better than and 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 in addition to being a little dogmatic, I think we also listen to more music than most people. Yes, um, for sure. And and that can get a little schizophrenic at times. Uh, and and sometimes you don't know what you like. But I think uh, what I'm learning how to do is take my like take time to listen to it instead of looking at it as a thing that I have to do for another thing. Like sit down. And yeah. Like, this is this is yeah. the thing I'm doing. Right. I'm trying to get you all to be Buddhist and shit. Man. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. But like this is the thing that I'm doing, and then and then you you meditate on that, and then it just uh, it makes other things seem. Uh, better if that makes sense yep. like it's never gonna make me like the sturdle simpson album from last year but it is gonna make me want to listen to it at least with a, an open mind and, and other stuff like that there was a and, really good quote from ian Svenonius from the makeup and escapism mm -hmm. in those bands uh Na your friend Nation ian Svenonius. well yeah we're friendly um yeah. great quote he said that he collects he collects a lot of 45s from the 60s and stuff stuff yeah. that sounds like the makeup and things like that and he said, sometimes it's just about listening it to it once. It just it's a twelve dollar single. I'm listening yes. to it once, and that's all. Yeah. And so, like, it's the Sturgill Simpson. I listened to it once. I had I enjoyed it. I don't ever need to hear it again. Yeah. But I but it was fun. And so, yeah. especially with bands like this, like, give it a try. Who cares? Thirty forty minutes later, you're done. Did you enjoy it? You don't watch movies more than once most of the time you know yeah so the music is the same way like there's so much out there you know um i think it i think it's get out of your comfort zone and and listen to something spend time with it yeah yeah and jump across genres man right if, it, if this feels too aggressive for you listen to it and figure out why it's too aggressive mm -hmm. and then you can find other stuff because there's lots of stuff in here that might just like 
those albums in their catalog that you might just be like, oh, but this is the sweet spot. Right. And, and you know, the biggest thing before we take a break here is that, uh, you know, when a band like this has a career this long, um, say, what, like 28 years? A long no, time. 26 years? Yeah. Yeah, when a band like this has a career of 26 years, these people have figured out not only how to uh, make a living making art, they've ca certainly carried some people along with them right. in that journey, and and they uh, and that they keep doing it uh, despite any sacrifices that need to be made. That in itself is something I think that needs to be celebrated. And instead of looking at like a band that five albums, six albums ago, you're like, that was my shit. This doesn't sound like that. Think of them if they were uh, people you knew. And then how you feel about that. You're going to be proud of them, right? You're going to be like, yeah, right. this is, they, they made this thing. And, and, and it's just a different perspective on how we consume stuff and, and what this stuff actually means. Uh, like, I'll be honest, like, I probably won't listen to this much. Right. I'm really glad I listened to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing for me as a big fan. I, I went back and listened to some of those records that I hadn't listened to in a while. Right, right. And, and, and I, I think what I discovered is that, especially for one of my favorite bands of all time, which is this band, I'm only going to listen to this record so many times, and I'm going to listen to the first three like a million more times. <laughs> but I'll come back yeah. to this record every once in a yeah. while, yeah. just like I have all the other records uh, after the first three, because they're yeah. good. And, and it, you know, it reminds me of certain parts of my life because um, that was the record that was out at the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just remember, kids, man, your 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 favorite band isn't their best album. That's, a, that's, that's all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying, man. Uh, thanks for hanging out, PJ. We're going to take Thank a quick you. break and come back and uh, play some more tunes. Thank you. And you should know us by the Trail of Dead's X. The Godless Void and other stories is available everywhere you can find fine records. And uh, I believe they're out on the road soon, if not now. And and uh, I know PJ has it. He's excited. So uh, go out and get it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great little time, a great little uh, escape, you know, in your headspace. Put on the headphones and just sort of sink into this world that they're creating uh, for you. And it was uh, always good to hang out with PJ. This guy uh, knows a lot about music, if he, had, he didn't. You couldn't tell, uh, and uh, that's because he is a musician. He's an artist. He uh, he's a photographer. He runs a label. And uh, when we were doing this, he said, uh, "Hey man, have you heard of Kids Techno?" And I said, "Well, I haven't. What what is this about?" Uh, this is also because I'm a bad friend. I don't know everything that goes on on his label, Cherub Records. But he said, "Well, this 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 thing. He doesn't know if it's from outer space, if it's an uh, an AI, if it's a person." Uh, what it is has, has been communicating with him for years 
and basically sending him this material, uh, some of it like techno-oriented, industrial synth stuff, uh, just transmissions from the inner space, if you will. And he sent him uh, a, a piece of music called The Harmony of Spheres and uh, said, to do, for this, you need to send this out and have people remix it. Uh, which he also did, which is another album that's going to be out for this. But uh, that's called Ellipsoids. But the Harmony of Spheres is like this, just this, this bolt of lightning of of truth from this magical entity that uh, we know nothing about, and that makes it the best music, in my opinion. It's pure, it's real. So I'm going to play a track for you right now, um, and uh, see what you think about this. See if you can get with the gospel of kids techno. Uh, here is. Between Reality and Imagination off the album Harmony of Spheres. Between reality and imagination, that uh, is Kids Techno off the Harmony of Spheres. Uh, that's an amazing little story. Hit up PJ to find out more about Kids Techno. But uh, I, I, for one, I think it's great that he's out there. I feel comforted that Kids Techno is out there uh, thinking about us, uh, thinking about the universe, and giving us his interpretations of ways, lessons, maybe, maybe ways to make it better as our society collapses and crumbles to the ground around us. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can get that in your face. Uh, that is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, hit us up on the socials at Chunky Glasses uh, because we are an achunkyglasses.com production. You can go there and see all these podcasts plus the live coverage of Mauricio Castro and his team in Washington, D.C., uh, coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about John Moreland's new LP. LP5 is the name of it. Uh, that's coming up in the next day or so. Uh, we're just going to push some out 
Uh, I want to get to uh, Andy Schauf's album, The Neon Skyline. Uh, if you haven't heard that, that is a remarkable album. And then uh, going to get Wes back in here and talk about some more jazz. That's it. We are out of here. Get out this week and do something groovy for yourself. We'll talk to you in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi! <laughs> <laughs>